beautiful sickos and welcome back to Behind the Horror Movie. Today we'll be sinking our teeth into the true crime behind the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series. Buffy the Vampire Slayer follows Buffy Summers, a girl who tries to live a normal life in high school while embracing her responsibilities and destiny as the Vampire Slayer. Today we'll be talking specifically about Season 2, Episode 7, titled Lie to Me. Yeah. Does it get easy? What do you want me to say? Lie to me. Yes, it's terribly simple. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. And uh, we always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. This episode focuses on a vampire cult who wished to be a part of the immortal world. While I was lounging around on Sunday afternoons, super lazy and not wanting to get off the couch, this episode came on. And then it occurred to me that there could be people out there in the world who huddle together in a dark and dingy basement with their hair slicked back and radio heads creep blasting on repeat, trying to convince themselves that they are in fact vampires. And holy shit, did Google provide the goods. The true crime events begin with Rod Ferrell, who was born on March 28, 1980. Throughout his teenage years, he would tell people he was a 500-year-old vampire by the name of Fasago. This fascination with the undead had started after Rod's mother had purchased a video game called Vampire the Masquerade. He eventually gathered a small group of teens who also had faith in the fantasy, believing they were all creatures of the night. Personally, I really hate when research brings up video games and horror movies like this. I feel like it just shifts the blame to someone or something else. Take the 2011 Norway attacks, for example. The Norwegian terrorist was quoted saying that he used Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 as a means of shooting practice prior to the massacre that killed 77 people. This has been an incredibly long-running debate in clinical psychology, and it comes up every time it's revealed that a high-profile killer plays violent video games or watches horror movies. Officials need to realise that the only thing to blame for these heinous crimes is the person committing them. Nevertheless, Rod's 16-year-old impressionable, underdeveloped little psychotic brain became obsessed with the fantasy world within the video game. On November 25th, 1996, the week of Thanksgiving, 49-year-old Richard Wendorf was asleep on his couch while his wife Naomi showered upstairs in their family home. Rod Ferrell, along with his friend Howard Scott Anderson, entered the Wendorf family home through an unlocked garage door. They spotted a crowbar on the bench and proceeded to the family living room where they saw Richard sleeping. Rob beat him multiple times, fracturing his skull and ribs, killing him instantly. The pair spotted Naomi shortly after. And according to Ferrell's confession, the plan was to kill only Richard. However, plans changed once Naomi spotted the two trespassers. After seeing her husband beaten, 
she fought back by splashing hot coffee on the two boys and lunging at them. Her attempts were unsuccessful, as Rob became enraged and bashed her head in repeatedly. According to lead investigators, Richard Wendorf's pants were stripped off him, and he appeared to have a V symbol scratched into his bottom. This symbol was accompanied by a period. According to Rod's testimony, the period next to the V symbol signified the number of individuals who assisted him during the killings. In this case, it would be Howard Scott Anderson. Richard's and Naomi's bodies were later found by their daughter, Jennifer Wendorf. It was later found by authorities that Richard and Naomi were the parents of 15-year-old Heather Wendorf. Heather was a longtime friend of Rod Farrell, and according to authorities, prior to the killings of her parents, Rod helped Heather run away from home to join his vampire-obsessed clan. In his testimony, Rod states that Heather regularly described the family home as a living hell. It's unclear if Heather was aware of the planned murder of her father. However, Rod and Howard were driven to the Wendorf family home by a couple of clan members, while Heather was in the same car but taken to her boyfriend's apartment downtown. So it's possible that Heather knew what was going on and considered being away from the house as a liable alibi while her two friends took care of the reason as to why she considered the home to be such hell. But that's just my speculation. After the killings, the group then travelled four days across state lines, before stopping in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They were running out of money, so one of the clan members contacted their grandmother, in hopes of receiving enough money to get by. Suspicious of their disappearance and the recent news of their friend's murder, the grandmother notified the police of the group's whereabouts. She cooperated with police and lured the teens to the Howard Johnson's hotel, where they were arrested by waiting law enforcement. The group were then extradited back to Florida, where they were moved to a juvenile facility in Ocala. On February 12, 1998, a then 17-year-old Rod Farrell pleaded guilty to the murders of Naomi Ruth Queen and Richard Wendorf, claiming that the others travelling with him were innocent, except for Howard Scott Anderson, who was an accessory to the murders. According to prosecutors, Rod states that Heather never explicitly asked him to kill her parents. However, he felt it had to be done. This ensured Heather's innocence during the court hearing. She was never charged with the death of her parents. In April 2020, Farrell adjusted his reasoning as motivation to protect Heather from sexual abuse in the family home. However, the judge had stated that the continuation of his pattern of fabrication and manipulation of the narratives of his crimes demonstrates that he is neither changed nor rehabilitated. Evidence showed that the Wendor family home was a place of love and support, with two hard-working parents doing their best to provide for their daughters. This was taken away from them by self-absorbed individuals who obsessed with living in a fantasy land. The remaining clan members all faced up to 17 and a half years in federal prison 
They have now been released and continue living life normally, except for Rod Ferrell and his accomplice, Howard Scott Anderson, as they remain incarcerated to this day, with little to no parole. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and a very big thank you to our sources for this week, who will be linked in the description. Please feel free to email us at behindthehorrormovie at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and our little Facebook page we have up now at bthm underscore podcast. As for each episode, we'll post some images we found during the research and throughout the week we might do some little quick information bits on gruesome serial killers. Also, I just want to say thanks so much for all the recommendations people are giving us. Keep them coming. So that's it, guys. Have a great week. Stay healthy, stay sane, and I'll get to speak with you next week for more true crime behind the horror movie.